Bank runs and what you won't see. Mm. <sighs> wait, wait till you hear this story. Uh, more proof about the mess of a digital dollar, as if you needed more proof, but I'm going to give it to you. And that's not all. It's the pot market. Yeah, the pot market is booming. And I mean booming. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. We got that and much more coming up today on the show. Welcome in across live on Rumble.com, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch.tv. Hello to all of our viewers and listeners out there. Also to the podcast listeners. We are a podcast and we put the audio part of this show up on uh, Spotify, iTunes, all the podcast platforms. Mm, 15, 20 minutes right after the show ends live. So you can hear it, bring it with you. Go over, find us, uh, The Jay Sheldon Show on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, and check it out, including Geo7 over in India. We have a big Indian audience, so hello to all of our Indian podcast listeners. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much for uh, for following and subscribing. Appreciate that. All right, before we get started, I'm tired. <laughs> Let me tell you quickly about my day. I had a shoot today. We were shooting a series of commercials which I was directing for Direct D Care. Uh, it's a service of Direct D. Direct D is a, a, a company here in Malaysia that sells devices, handphones, tablets, laptops. They've got all kinds of great, cool devices, VR headsets, all kinds of stuff there. Direct D, it's over on the Federal Highway or just off of it. But um, anyway, they have a service called Direct D Care. And we were doing a series of commercials today for Direct D Care, which I was directing. And last night, not because of that, but because mostly of this whole eczema problem I'm going through, <clears throat> I haven't been sleeping. I get a couple hours sleep, then I wake up, I get maybe get another hour, I wake up. Last night, zero sleep. No sleep at all. So, was up all night, got ready, got in the shower, got dressed, went to the set, was shooting all day, got home about... Three, four o'clock. Yeah, we ended a little bit early. And then uh, and then I zonked out for maybe two hours and I woke up and I still couldn't get back to sleep. So, yeah, you see the bags that are always there? They're a little more full tonight, okay? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, let's get on with the show here. It's the Miko Update, our little Shiba Inu friend, who is our child, our little girl, our baby. We love her to pieces. And this is a few moments we spend talking about her. She's still celebrating Michelle Yeoh's Oscar win. She's got her everything, everywhere, all at once eye on. Uh, just another picture of her with that. And, of course, her favorite pose. This is actually her right outside of our studio here where we're broadcasting from. And, uh, yeah, we got a fur rug out there, which she loves. So she will just hang out. <coughs> Excuse me. She'll just hang out everything just to the wall and uh, lays there and gets cool. But uh, <laughs> that's how she spends 90% of her day on her back, legs in the air, just hanging it all out there. She's doing well. Uh, had a couple good walks today, ate a couple good meals and uh, got a lot of treats. I'm overdoing it on the treats. 
but can you really? Our Miko updates brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox.com. That is a monthly subscription for your dog. You sign up for one, six, or 12 months. If you use our special link in our show notes tonight, it's easy to remember, BarkBox.com slash Miko. If you use that link, you'll get a free month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. You see that? It says it right there. And every month, delivered right to your door, you will get a box with a theme to it every month, a new theme. And inside are two toys, two bags of treats, and a dog chew. Now, if you use the second link in our show notes, it's kind of a funky looking link, but that's our special link, which will get you a different offer if you'd prefer, which is a double box. Your first box will be double, four toys, four bags of treats, and two dog chews, or they have a special limited edition while supplies last, SpongeBob SquarePants Bark Box. Very cool. Check it out. BarkBox.com slash Miko is the link. And uh, just check them out. Look at all the great themed uh, Bark Boxes they've had over the last months. And uh, it is very cool. Thank you, BarkBox, for helping to sponsor the show here. All right. Again, here we go with all this. Oh, man, I'm telling you, it just never stops. This is a story from Reclaim the Net. And uh, as you know between the, uh, the big California bank that went belly up, got taken over. Uh, another couple of banks since, giant ones, have, uh, have crashed, been taken over by the FDIC. Um, <laughs> they don't want you to know about it. Mm, not kidding. Check out this story. It's in our show notes, top of the list there. And it's from uh, reclaimthenet.org. Great site with some great uh, all kinds of cover all kinds of stuff from politics to the law to you name it but man i'm telling you this censor you know between the whole twitter files and what currently is going on between facebook youtube all the censorship and that you know you know hey, it's right in our show notes at the very bottom this show is about 100 percent freedom of speech which is why i'm on rumble.com i can get banned off of any platform i will not get banned off of rumble because they 100 percent believe in an absolute freedom of speech whatever it is you're left wing you're right wing you're a crazy lunatic you're alex jones whatever it might be you can say what you'd long as it's within the bounds of the law. Not promoting violence. You can say whatever you want. All right, check this out. Senator Mark Kelly inquired about social media censorship to curb bank runs. You know, what happened back during the, the last big time when all the banks crashed is that everybody went to grab, this is called a bank run, where everybody runs to the bank to pull out their money. Uh, during a Zoom meeting... Who's that? Serena Lee. Oh, my goodness, you're back. They didn't ban you, huh? Or they let you out of jail? Great to have you, Serena. Thanks. Love you. All right. Uh, during a Zoom meeting with the Federal Reserve, Treasury, the FDIC, the House, and the Senate, on Sunday, while talking about the Silicon Valley Bank collapse in an emergency conference call, which was led by Chuck Schumer, the president of the Senate, Senator Mark Kelly, Democrat from Arizona, reportedly inquired, inquired about the possibility of censoring social media to avoid a bank run. 
Mm. You know how the FBI was in bed and employed by or employed Twitter back before Elon took over to basically censor whatever they didn't want you to hear? Yeah. Well, here we go again, folks. This information reported by Republican House members who were also in on the call and heard uh, by representatives of the Federal Reserve, the Treasury Department, and the Federal Deposit and Insurance Corporation, FDIC. Just got off a Zoom meeting with Fed, Treasury, FDIC, House, and Senate, Kentucky Congressman Thomas Massey tweeted. A Democrat senator essentially asked whether there was a program in place to censor information on social media that could lead to a run on the banks. Yeah, they didn't expect that news to get out. Laura Boebert, representative, also tweeted, on a briefing with Biden Undersecretary of Treasury Nellie Liang regarding the SVB Silicon Valley Bank bailout, they are working towards, and a member asked if they were reaching out to Facebook and Twitter to monitor misinformation with bad actors. Yeah, well, Twitter will tell them to go F off, which is good. Facebook will just bend over and say, sure, what would you like us to do? Whether it's legal or not, they'll do it. Representatives didn't name names, but uh, Rep. Dan Bishop, chairman of the Subcommittee on Oversight Investigations, confirmed to public that it was indeed Arizona's Senator Kelly that made the remarks. Now, this suggestion follows years of investigations about politicians making online censorship suggestions, suggestions, all supposedly for the greater good. There's that word again. If it's for the greater good, it means you're getting screwed. From COVID to questions about election integrity, several Democratic politicians have repeatedly been caught calling for censorship, trying to force their hand against these social media platforms, and basically ignoring an oath in which they swore, with their hand on a Bible in most cases and their hand in the air, they swore to uphold the First Amendment part of our Constitution. If you haven't read it, maybe you ought to try. In fact, maybe some of these Democratic senators ought to try actually reading the Constitution, because apparently they never have. There's more information in here as these banks continue to crash and the government is doing their best to try and keep you from either knowing about it or knowing too much about it or getting too excited. Basically, they're trying to curb free speech once again to prevent a run on the banks. Yeah. Well, you know, this would all be really easy if they just switched to digital dollars. Not, I was going to say not, but you know what? That'll be next. Sure as hell, they'll use some kind of excuse, whatever they want, because they are trying to push this digital dollar bullcrap into our laps and down our throats every chance they get. And I'm tell- I've, gave you, I've given you lists of ways to fight back. I've told you to call your representatives, your senators, whoever represents you in Congress, and tell them, stop it. I do not like this. I do not want a digital dollar. Oh, it's for the greater good. Bullcrap. You want to be controlled like that? You want your money shut off? 
You want, because you said the wrong thing, not to be able to spend money or go places or buy whatever you want to buy? You want to be tracked even more than you're already being tracked? Then you keep pushing for that digital dollar because that's exactly what it's going to do. Why a digital dollar is a really bad idea. This is from fee.org. The downside of digital dollars are borderline dystopian. A widespread embrace of Bitcoin and other currencies, cryptocurrencies, has left a lot of government bureaucrats feeling kind of left out. And in a bid to get in on the action, a lot of governments have floated the idea of this CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, which is basically government-issued cryptocurrency. Um, It uses blockchain technology. Biden directed the federal government to explore this idea. Mm. And new reporting suggests the Biden administration may soon press forward with efforts to create a so-called digital dollar. Here we go, folks. The U.S. Treasury will advise the Department to uh, federal uh, government to press forward to work on issuing a digital dollar, though it should only take the final step if there's a sign-off that the government-created tokens are in the national interest. Why a central bank crypto would not be like uh, Bitcoin, even though it's same blockchain technology, it would not be like Bitcoin. Any digital currency that uses blockchain technology. Now, this doesn't get too funky or wonky, so just stay with me. It can technically be called a cryptocurrency. But as Bitcoin influencer, content creator Layla Halpern aptly explained, Bitcoin has unique properties because and this is what makes it valuable. Namely, it is permissionless. Anybody can use it. Anybody, you, me, whoever, however you want. And it is decentralized, meaning there's no central authority that controls the currency. This latter part is especially important. No central authority that controls a digital currency, which is the case with Bitcoin, not the case with a central bank digital dollar. No one can increase the supply of Bitcoin beyond its predetermined mining schedule. No one can arbitrarily erode its value like the U.S. government's done with the dollar through money printing. And you print up a whole bunch of money and you're controlling the value of the dollar, which means as the the money they print goes up and the amount of products we produce goes down, duh, economics 101, folks. However, a central bank digital currency would be neither permissionless nor decentralized. So, most of the benefits of a cryptocurrency that Bitcoin offers and the value that comes with it isn't on the table when it comes to cryptocurrency. So don't let anybody tell you, oh, it's the same as crypto. It's not. In big ways, it's not. The digital dollar, just kind of useless. That wouldn't be the end of the world, but it's much worse than that. A central bank digital currency would offer none of Bitcoin's benefits. It would offer governments new, unprecedented ways to control you. What did I just say? What you buy, 
where you go. To call the idea rife for abuse is an extreme understatement. Central bank digital currency would allow the government to track every single thing you spend money on. And it could easily, very easily, click of a mouse, restrict what you are able to buy, where you're able to go, buy plane tickets, even bus tickets, whatever. Use ride-sharing services, one of those apps, Grab or Uber or whatever. You can just be denied it. If they don't want you to leave your house, click, can't do it. You want to buy gas for your car? Nap, sorry, can't do that. For whatever reason, they decide. They just don't like something you posted. This article goes on to talk about some of the wicked, wicked things, the dystopian nightmare that a central bank digital dollar would be. If you don't believe me, you check out this article. It is in our show notes. It is a must-read. It is a must-read. You, you got to know about this, folks, because it's beyond scary. Beyond scary. All righty then. Where are we going from here? I know where we're going from here. We're going to tell you about one of our sponsors, Brickhouse Nutrition. They're popping up right now. Brickhouse Nutrition is the site. The link is in our show notes. It's right at the top of our show notes, in fact. They're one of our sponsors. And uh, among their many amazing products is one of my favorites. It's called Field of Greens. That's this one. Folks, fruits and vegetables are the key to healthy living. If you're going to get healthy, you're going to improve your health, you got to eat your fruits and veggies. Come on. Your mom told you that. Your grandma told you that. Fruits and veggies, the anchor of any healthy diet. But the problem is, you got to go buy them. They're hard to cook. They're hard to prepare. You know, they go off. They're perishable. How many times have you bought fruits and vegetables, even in your crisper drawer, and by the time you get around to getting back to them, they've gone off? Field of Greens, this product right here, is a science-backed formula of specific, healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables ground all up into an amazing tasting powder. They're really tasty, come in different flavors. And you just mix it in with your favorite drink. Mix it with water if you want, or green tea, orange juice, whatever. Real USDA organic fruits and vegetables. They're not extracts. If you look on the back of the, of the package, it doesn't say supplement facts. It says nutrition facts because these are real USDA organic fruits and vegetables are not extracts. Has, as I said, amazing flavors, comes in some great tasty flavors. You will love it, and it is so good for you. Next time you go to your doctor, you know, your doctor's going to say, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it. It'll be because of this. You get your fruits and vegetables. You know you need them. You, you know you need them, but you also know it's a pain in the butt to buy them, prepare them. They go off. They're perishable. Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Use the special link in our show notes. It'll get you an amazing offer from Brickhouse Nutrition and the good folks here at the Jay Sheldon Show. All right. Thank you, Brickhouse Nutrition. Appreciate that. Let's see what else we got cooking tonight. Oh, man, I'm telling you, it is insane uh, the amount of stuff we got going on. Oh, yeah. Washington State. If you live in Washington State, move. 
think I'm kidding? Check out this article. This is beyond scary. This is from the Post Millennial. Yes, sign up for the Daily Brief. Washington moves to become the latest sanctuary state for child sex changes. I'm not kidding. There's a Senate bill, 5599, which would allow shelters or host homes, listen carefully, listen to this, it would allow shelters or host homes to provide housing for runaway minors without being required to notify the minor's parents if they have a compelling reason, in quotations, to keep the information a secret. This is unbelievable. As usual, no surprise here, Democrats in Washington State Senate passed a bill Wednesday night, they passed it, that critics say encourages minors to run away and receive gender-affirming care and maternity services without parental consent. You will not know. Your child runs away, and he or she is gone, and you got nothing to say about it, even though he's in some home or shelter. And it's all at taxpayers' expense. It's sponsored by far-left moron Democratic Senator Marco Leas, I guess. Who cares? He's an idiot. It would allow shelters and host homes to provide housing for runaway minors without being required to notifying their parents. Are you kidding me with this crap? If they have what they call a compelling reason, well, you know how wide that can be. Unbelievable. According to the legislation, a compelling reason means the the youth is in the host's home or seeking placement in a host home to receive protected health care services. And you know what that means. There's the moron now. This is just absolutely unbelievable. It doesn't require proof of abuse in the, uh, the home or even an allegation of abuse. Merely seeking protection of protected health care services is enough of a reason for them to keep the runaway's location hidden from the parents. Between ages of 13 and 16. There's more information in this story. Please read it. It affects people in Washington, but you know what? Washington falls, and what state's next? And the next thing you know, you're going to see the same bullcrap going on federally. This is absolutely unbelievable. This can't continue. When are parents going to stand up and say, that's it. I've had it. Enough. Give me back my parental rights. Folks, the time has to come, and it has to come really soon before more crap legislation like this continues to get passed. This is insane. (sighs) Pot. Cannabis. Do you have any idea how much Thailand has made from the marijuana market? 
<laughs> yeah, it's a lot. And we're going to tell you about it coming up in just a bit. First of all, we're going to tell you just briefly about the incredible folks at Skillshare. They are one of our sponsors of our show. Skillshare, it's an online learning platform. And it's for both learners and educators. If you want to learn a new skill or brush up or get more information about a skill you already have, perfect. Skillshare has over 30,000 different courses. If you're an educator and you want to teach, also perfect. You can set up your own classes on Skillshare. It's more than 30,000 classes and they are adding hundreds every day. You can choose from new courses all added in time. You got design, tech, illustration, business, computer sciences. You will not believe. I mean, 30,000 plus courses there. They cover just about everything. And you will find whatever you're looking for at Skillshare. Now, if you're a learner, you can take an online course in a specific skill you want to learn. If you're a teacher, create and public, uh, publish a course of your own on any skill. You'll have uh, make some side income doing that. Not a bad idea. It offers a wide variety of topics. The most value is in topics like design, photography, cinematography, motion graphics, those kinds of things. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's, it's absolutely, you've got to, look, even if you don't sign up, please go over, check out the link. It's in our show notes. And if you use that link, by the way, you will get an amazing special deal from the Jay Sheldon Show. So use that link in our show notes to check out Skillshare, and uh, you'll be amazed at what they got, they got over there. They are professionally taught courses. Whether you want to learn or you want to teach, Skillshare is the place to do it. And just check out that link in our show notes, and that will get you a very special offer when you sign up for a Skillshare subscription. All right, let's move on to Thailand's marijuana feast. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is from the Bangkok Post. Check this out. Thai cannabis market worth $21 billion by next year. Serious. Oh, yeah, serious as a heart attack. The Asian Cannabis Report projects medicinal cannabis consumption to increase faster in Asia than in any other early adopter nations and regions. Now, of course, here where I am in Malaysia, never mind. It wasn't up until just a few months ago that they stopped giving people that happen to have pot the death penalty. So, yeah, I, seriously, uh, this country is just... All right, never mind, you get what my point. Thailand's cannabis industry is projected to grow 661 million USD. That's 21 billion baht by next year, according to a report from Prohibition Partners, a cannabis research firm. This includes projected growth of medical cannabis, 237 million, for a combined recreational and medical cannabis market of 661 million bucks. That's USD. They also estimate Asia could see a cannabis industry as large as 5.8 billion USD by next year if the number of the region's major markets legalize recreational 
and medical cannabis. Well, here in Malaysia, we still have our heads stuck so far up our asses that that will never happen. Probably not in my lifetime or your kid's lifetime. It's stupid. There's nothing wrong with marijuana. I'm not encouraging drug use. You do you. But, you know, we're talking about a natural plant that grows in the wild. Anyway, I'm not going to get into the whole drug thing. You know how I feel. Not about drugs, but about marijuana in particular. A regulated legal cannabis market could be transformative for patients, farmers, and economies across Asia, except Malaysia, because we're too stupid. Look, if I need to do anything to convince you folks, it's the money, okay? You want to be a part of this multi-multi-tens-of-billions-of-dollar market? Then get your head out of your butt and wake up. Rest of this story is in our show notes. It is from the Bangkok Post, and it is enlightening, to say the least. And if you, you know, I mean, if you're still stuck on the idea that you think marijuana is, oh, you know, the devil drug, and it will lead you to harsher drugs and all that, which has been scientifically proven to be absolutely not true, then you just go ahead and you do you. The reality is a whole lot of other countries, most are going to just blow right past you and be making all the big bucks while you sit around and wonder why your economy is faltering. I got one more, and then we're going to get on with our book. Joe Biden, that rotting bag of oatmeal in the White House, that moron who just cannot stop lying about everything. All of his little tells, I'm not kidding. I'm not joking. Well, he must have said a big one with this one because this is from Blaze Media and this story is so stupid, it's hardly even worth talking about. But because I can't miss an opportunity to show you exactly how stupid and what an amazing liar Joe Biden is, had to share this one with you. Biden hit with online ridicule after claiming he had an epiphany in support of gay marriage in 1961. You idiot. Biden made a bizarre claim about his support for gay marriage, which he opposed for years and years. His critics pounced on the comment to mock and ridicule the Democrat. Good. He made the claim during an interview with actor Cal Penn, who was guest hosting The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Penn asked Biden to explain his evolution on same-sex marriage. And he launched into a story from the 60s. I can remember exactly what my epiphany was, Biden says. I hadn't thought much about it, to tell you the truth. (laughs) And I was a senator in high school, a senior in high school. My dad was dropping me off. And I remember I was about to get out of the car. And I looked to my right and two well-dressed men in suits kissed each other, Biden claimed. They gave each other a kiss, and one went, and he looked like he was headed to the Department of Undecipherable Building, and the other looked like he was headed to the Hercules Corporation, he added. I'll never forget. I turned and looked to my dad, and he said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. That's according to what Biden said. It's simple. Now, 
Here's the catchphrase. I'm not joking. It's simple. They love each other. He concluded, and it's never been. It's just that simple. What's the problem? Well, Penn, who happens to be gay, did not push back on Biden's story during the interview. But a whole lot of social media folks did, pointing out that Biden's long history of policy positions has been diametrically opposed to his supposed epiphany about same-sex marriage while he was in high school. So he's basically admitting that he lied about a moral conviction for the next five decades. Mm. Also, the idea that he was thinking about gay marriage in 1960-61 is really just stupid. It will never not be weird that Biden simply lies about stuff like this constantly, all the time. He voted for a Defense of Marriage Act in 1996, openly saying that marriage should be between a man and a woman. Over a decade later, there's a 2006 clip, Meet the Press, where he says exactly that. Um, Ben Shapiro of the Daily Wire says, yes, I'm sure he started supporting gay marriage in Czech's calendar, 1960. Then he slapped a rainbow flag on my school satchel that another LGBT ally gave him during World War I, joked Mary Catherine Ham. And Joe Walsh said, this just is not believable. 1960-61, public displays of affection like that were not a thing. He's lying, folks. He always lies. That's what he does. He lies. Since he can't do anything else, he lies. If you want to read the whole story, it's there. It's from uh, Blaze News, and it is in our show notes tonight. You can check that out. All right. Ready for some book? Ready for some novel ideas? Or novels, anyway. We've been reading White Fang. The last part of our show, we read books on this show. We've done all kinds of amazing books from uh, Peter Pan, Wizard of Oz, Little Prince, Alice in Wonderland. And right now we've been doing White Fang. We're at uh, part four, I think. We just got another two parts to go. Each part has different chapters. And we read a chapter or a part of a chapter every night when we do this live broadcast, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays here on Rumble.com, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch.com. So, we will continue on here. Let me just find out where we're going. There we go. And it is from part four, the beginning of part four. Chapter one, The Enemy of His Kind, from Jack London in 1906 and White Fang. Had there been, in White Fang's nature, any possibility, no matter how remote, of his ever coming to fraternize with his kind, Such possibility was irretrievably destroyed when he was made leader of the sled team. Well, for now, the dogs hated him. Hated him for the extra meat bestowed upon him by Mitza. Hated him for all the real and fancied favors he'd received. And hated him for that he fled always at the head of the team, waving his bush of a tail and perpetually retreating hindquarters, forever maddening their eyes. And White Fang, just as bitterly hated them back. 
being sled leader was anything but gratifying to him. To be compelled to run away before the yelling pack, every dog of which for three years he'd thrashed and mastered, was almost more than he could endure. But endure it he must, or perish, and the life that was in him had no desire to perish out. The moment Mitza gave his order for the start, that moment the whole team, with eager, savage cries, sprang forward at White Fang. There was no defense for him. If he turned upon them, Mitza would throw the stinging lash of the whip in his face. Only remained to him to run away. He could not encounter that howling horde with his tail and hindquarters. These were scarcely fit weapons with which to meet the many merciless fangs, so run away he did, violating his own nature and pride with every leap he made, and leaping all day long. One cannot violate the promptings of one's nature without having that nature recoil upon itself. Such a recoil is like that of a hair made to grow out from the body, turning unnaturally upon the direction of its growth and growing back into the body, a rankling, festering thing of hurt. And so with White Fang, every urge of his being impelled him to spring upon the pack that cried at his heels. But it was the will of the gods that this should not be. And behind the will to enforce it was the whip of caribou gut, with its biting thirty-foot lash. So White Fang could only eat his heart in bitterness and develop a hatred, a malice commensurate with the ferocity and indomitability of his nature. If ever a creature was the enemy of its kind, White Fang was that creature. He asked no quarter, gave none. He was continually marred and scarred by the teeth of the pack, and as continually he left his own marks upon the pack. Unlike most leaders who, when camp was made, the dogs were unhitched, huddled near to the gods for protection, White Fang disdained such protection. He walked boldly about the camp, inflicting punishment in the night for what he'd suffered during the day. In the time before he was made leader of the pack, the pack had learned to get out of his way. But now it was different. Excited by the day-long pursuit of him, swayed subconsciously by the insistent iteration in their brains at the sight of him fleeing away, mastered by the feeling of mastery enjoyed all day, the dogs could not bring themselves to give way to him. And when he appeared amongst them, there was always a squabble, his progress made mark by snarl and snap and growl. The very atmosphere he breathed was surcharged with hatred and malice. This but served to increase the hatred and malice towards him. When Mitza cried out for his command of the team to stop, White Fang obeyed. At first this caused trouble for the other dogs. All of them would spring upon the hated leader only to find the tables turned. Behind him would be Mitza, the great whip singing in his hand. So the dogs came to understand that when the team stopped by order, White Fang 
was to be left alone. But when White Fang stopped without orders, then it was allowed for them to spring upon him and destroy him if they could. After several experiences, White Fang never stopped without orders. He quickly learned it was in the nature of things that he must learn quickly if he were to survive the unusually severe conditions under which life was vouchsafed him. But the dogs could never learn the lesson to leave him alone in camp. Each day, pursuing him and crying defiance at him, the lessons of the previous night were erased, and that night would have to be learned over again, to be as immediately forgotten. Besides, there was a greater consistence in their dislike of him. They sensed between themselves and him made a different of kind, caused sufficient in itself for hostility. Like him, they were domesticated wolves, but they had been domesticated for generations. Much of the wild had been lost, so that to them the wild was unknown, the terrible, the ever-menacing and ever-warring, but to him the appearance, action, and impulse still clung to the wild. He symbolized it. It was personification. So that when they showed their teeth to him, they were defending themselves against the powers of destruction that lurked in the shadows of the forest and in the dark beyond the campfire. But there was one lesson the dogs did learn, and that was to keep together. And we will continue with this chapter coming up on Saturday night. <laughs> All right, man, I love this book. It is so cool. White Fang, originally published back in 1906 by Jack London. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks so much for popping by. Please be sure to click on that follow button. It's right down there. Just click follow. It's free doesn't cost you a dime, and it helps the show out a ton. I really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. Just give us a follow, or a subscribe, or a like, or share, or whatever. But follow, most important of all, the buttons right down there. I will see you again Saturday night, and uh, that's it. This has been The Jay Sheldon Show. Good night. Yeah.